da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Okay, man, fam, back to 2021 movies, and we start off with a doozy: Mortal Kombat. Gentlemen, it has begun. I thought this was a throwback. <laughs> I, I watched the '95, so sorry. I I have very little to offer this episode. Honestly, any excuse I can get to watch the 95 Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Right? I'm for it. Any excuse I can get for my stereo to be full blast and it's Mortal Kombat! Dun, 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 dun. And it's like 7 a.m. and my wife is like, what What are you doing? I'm, it's Saturday. I'm like, hey, it's Mortal Kombat. Come Sorry, on. I like to party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, man. This, this one I would consider in the category we've talked about a lot on the show in the past the quote-unquote prime for reboot category yep mm. i think mortal Kombat is a property original movie annihilation whatever you want um i think it's prime for a movie uh update given what we know now about what we can do with cg in 2021 versus what we could do or couldn't do in 1995 on a very small budget and the fact that now we can do a rated R version <laughs> and we probably <laughs> it's probably encouraged to do a rated R version. You know, the, the yeah. original one was PG-13 because they wanted every 13 year old to be able to go see it who were playing Mortal Kombat, which which made sense, I, I guess, at the time financially. But uh, when you have a game that is known and becomes famous for the rated R parts of the game. <laughs> Right. When your when your your movie's not rated R, that's, it seems like a, not a, not a great strategy. Not so a I'm point. not a big fan of the Pixar um, Grand Theft Auto adaptation they're working on. <laughs> no, I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> Tomater is is yeah. So let's yes. just say you see Larry the Cable Guy to his true potential in that role. Just, he gets her done. Yeah, yeah, he, he gets one her could done. say. Well, 1995 Mortal Kombat. I don't know. This is such a such a nostalgic time. So going back and watching that Mortal Kombat movie was fun for me. I, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't watched it um, super recently. Maybe, I don't know, in the past five years or so. I've watched it maybe one time when I had acquired it on uh, on DVD or Blu-ray. So, yeah, yeah man, I, you know, I just grew up during that time and, and remember Mortal Kombat coming out and all my friends having it. And there was only one kid on the street who had it. You know, and who was allowed to have it, and so we had to sneak over there and go play it. And our parents couldn't go, and that was a it was a whole thing. Saying, so, you know, give it. I was like five or seven, six or seven at the time. So I mean, younger than Cooper, Brian, basically Cooper's yeah. age or younger. So you know. I was a big Mortal Kombat two guy around seven or eight. That one right. was bigger in my friend group. We had a little. I think our parents got worn down by that one. They were over mm-hmm. having the fight, and so more kids had Mortal Kombat 2, I found. I think by Mortal Kombat 2, I'm probably wrong on this, I think there was a Nintendo version that had, like, green blood or something. So I think, like, that version I was okay to, <laughs> to play with my friends, uh, as long as it was the toned-down Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat. Not with the fatalities or the, yeah. any, of the any of that stuff. But, but all that to say, uh, um, it was a really fun time, and, and I think that that can be recaptured via a movie. And, and I think there's still huge fans of the game guys. Uh, you know, I think mortal Kombat 11 just came out on uh, PlayStation or whatever it is. And so I think this is, this is a perfect one to, to kind of revisit for a studio and say, Hey, let's throw some money and some CG at that and see what we can do. And, and here we are. So Brian, start us out with your, your background on mortal Kombat. I didn't play video games growing up, man. So this was a game that I was sort of aware of. Um, I'm, I'm sure I played the arcade version a few times, but it wasn't one of my, my absolute favorites. I like Street Fighter a lot. I was way more into Street Fighter than I was Mortal Kombat. And, um, I don't know that I'd, I mean, I don't want to say I'd never seen the 95 version until this week, but if I have, it's, it's probably one time in my life. So I, I have, I have no nostalgia for for this at all. Uh, oh wow! 
Yeah. I mean, it's You're a little older than me. Yeah. So maybe it was um, maybe it was like a really cool thing on my on my elementary playgrounds and your middle school playgrounds. It was it wasn't Yeah, cool I mean, anymore. like I've said before, like I just had the, I had a weird friend group, I guess. Like, I mean, part of it is none of us had very much money, but part of it was just you know, up, we were all, you know, where we were all from and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. We didn't really, the number of times that I, that I can remember going to a friend's house to play video games, uh, when I was, uh, in, in middle school or whatever is I could probably count on one hand. I just, that oh just wasn't gosh. a thing that we really did. Um, yeah. wow. So it really wasn't a part of my, so I remember this, this game more, much more from the arcade than I do from, you know, playing on, uh, a Sega or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I've watched like multiple documentaries over the last uh, couple weeks about the video game industry. And part of it is just to like, kind of know what I missed, despite the fact that I was, you know, I was primed for, for this sort of stuff uh, from an age group standpoint, but yeah, it really wasn't my thing. And, and uh, the movie, I mean, I certainly remember all of the, um, <laughs> the outrage uh, from parents and whatnot regarding this whole thing and how it certainly made it worse, made people want to play it more and all that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't, it, it wasn't my thing. So I know I never saw that movie in theaters. Um, in hindsight, it is a very stupid decision to make that a PG 13 movie. Um, like the bloodiest at the time, the bloodiest game that had ever like crossed into the mainstream. And then we're like, well, we got this PG 13 movie. So it's weird that that didn't turn out great, but uh yeah, I, I have uh, I have no nostalgia for this, and I I fear that that will um, that that will uh, sort of make give you some indication of what my grade is going to be on this. Got you, Richard. Yeah, a lot Raiden. of this. Sorry. Yeah, a lot of nostalgia for this as a kid. Uh, this was my era of playing video games. I wasn't a big video game kid on my own, uh, but was a pretty big social video game player. I was a daycare kid and like a Same. lot. And a big, uh, you know, staying. I wasn't a daycare kid. kid. I was a social video gamer. Just sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no worries. I was, but I was a, I was also a kid that like, you know, single mom stuff. So like, I would stay at other kids' houses for like the whole summer during the day. Obviously, I mean, I would go home at night. But I mean, like, so uh, was always these kind of games. uh, This like GoldenEye, a few others. You know, hundreds of hours played at some you know den. You know, in some kid's house. Uh, or, but I, I never played, you know, if I was, every once in a while I, I'd get some sort of video game and I would play it for a couple hours and then just kind of look at it and then go back to reading my baseball almanac like a cool guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but this is that era where I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I saw the movie, I think at theaters and then it was like the original movie was a big, again, big, like, uh, at kid's house in the summer. After rental, swimming in yeah. their pool and then yeah. watch Mortal Kombat in their room and the mom would make us mac and cheese or something, you know, like a lot of kind of visceral sense very memories odd, around that. Very odd snack food, mac and cheese. When she came yeah. in with a full dish casserole style that, of those, mac and cheese. Uh, yeah. Those like, like Stouford Just bring mac us some, and some, some orange slices, mom. Why yeah. do you have a full... They would always do those big, uh, <laughs> those like they, the, several families I would go to. The, the Mullenhoffs, friend of the show, Big Cat, he they were normal. They would just be like turkey sandwich and maybe some Cheetos. But the, a bunch of the other kids' houses, I would stay at all the time. And they was like they would have those like Sam's Club bags of taquitos, you know, that you could oh, microwave. Those are the best, <laughs> yep, yeah. Oh, yeah. So a lot yep. of like hammering down a couple taquitos with uh, a lot of mozzarella sticks being yeah. being made, frozen yep. uh, frozen chicken nuggets yep. and things like that at the front. Absolutely, house. yeah, yeah, man. This was a this was a big big one from the elementary school age on. And then I think the, the, the annihilation movie just killed, uh, you know, any potential at another movie. And yeah, on that one point though, Ken on the, just to get that in real quick, I, I, I get why, you know, this was during a time where video games were completely in the domain of children and preteens and teens. You know what I mean? Now, video game culture goes up through, you know, I know 50-year-olds that play video games. So, the idea of, I think I, that's why they made it PG-13, at least the first one, was right. like, it was impossible to imagine that adults would be interested in this, so you might as well make it PG-13. It was just a different way of looking at video games, which they've come a long way now. It's sort of a mass entertainment now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and I suppose there would have been a lot of backlash, too, if they had made it rated yeah. R. 
video game movie back then, I think you're right. The 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 subset of that, I don't know, feels a little bit like rated R animation in a way, where it's like, sure, isn't this supposed to be for kids? Why is it rated R? You know, like sure. sausage party kind of felt. You know, so yeah, that was that was um, a concern, I'm sure. And so yeah, PG thirteen, it was. Uh, I still have some nostalgia for the original. I guess we can start there. Maybe maybe a few thoughts on 1995 Mortal Kombat and what that brought to the table. I think the only thing it really aimed at doing was let's show these characters on screen. And they even have like the Mortal Kombat select player menu music during the during the movie and at the end and things where they're they're. They're kind of listing the characters, and so as long yeah. as they could kind of, kind of, yeah, as long as they could kind of checklist and be like, okay, we've got, we've got Raiden, we've got Liu Kang, we've got Johnny Cage, we've got so you know, so the, the fans in their mind. Who'd you play kinda, with, Kent? Who'd you play with when you played? I was honestly, I was on the original one. I was probably always Sub Zero or Raiden. Yeah, I was, a, I, was a I was big. Guy. I was a big Smoke. Guy, oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Later smoke on. was like a later. Yeah, Mortal Kombat three. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if, if I could be, if I could be reptile, smoke, that was it. Reptile came yeah. around in two. Yeah. What What was his name? Was his name Reptile? Re- yeah, I think it was just Reptile. Yeah. Yeah. The green guy. Yes. Yes. With the reptile. tail and all that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. That that brings back a lot of memories, and I think Sub Zero and Scorpion. I mean, come on. Those are easily yeah. the best. Some of the cooler character designs ever. Too, just two of the best, like look. fictional. I don't know, IP characters. I don't know that you can kind of do a lot with, you know. And there's kind of some vague history there, and so that's why I guess the 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 idea of a reboot kind of intrigues me because I think there's a lot of fun stuff you can do and kind of go pretty dark with it if you want. Go kind of like a John Wick universe where it's just fighting. Yeah. Uh, and really good heavy fighting or you can cheese it down and try and do a little cinematic universe thing and and uh and and make it more family friendly but uh this one seemed to to kind of go more towards the the visceral the visceral action side mm-hmm. uh guys um but all that to say i i do have some love for the 1995 one i mean it <laughs> it did what it could do in 1995 with and it reminds me of the Ninja man. Turtle movie a little bit, you know. It's like, man, this is not good, but it's like, it, it, it's it worked it, for it me fits, as, it, as a kid. It I fits, loved it. I it, it, it fits, yeah. It, it's like the Power Ranger movie or whatever. It's like, yeah, this is not good, but like for the audience, it was serving at the time. I feel like people were pretty. Yeah, pretty it had universal. It. And now I can't uh, look at it with anything rate. but nostalgic eyes and be like, man, I bet I would have loved this when I was twelve. You know, yeah. Um, that's all I could can kind of think. It's not good. Um, not a good movie, but it does have uh, what's her name, Veronica Vaughn from it does from Billy Madison. Yeah. So yeah. she's not a good actress. Just <laughs> FYI, in case anybody was was wondering. No, not good, not good. She hasn't done a lot, but she married Robin Pete Sampras, Shue, though. She? So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, she got is. that Sampras money. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. that. We all have goals. That's mine. Yeah. Well, so yeah, you yeah. You're Just more of an Agassi guy. So yeah. you hate, uh-huh. you viscerally hate the 95 one, Brian. Do I you? mean, again, I have you no nostalgia, it. You so that's a huge part of it. But yeah, I watched it last week and I would, I would give it a, a solid D minus. Yeah. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> so I can't wait I mean, to see I, what the bathroom You know, I, like. I can't, it, it's, it's unfair for me to grade it against something like, uh, you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because. I was like eight when that came out and that was the, just the height of, of cinematic experiences, you know? So I have that to go with that movie. I do not have that one. I, Power Rangers is, is, is pretty apt because I've, I've said before, Power Rangers was, was my, uh, was my brother's thing. And he's like y'all's age, I think, or, or very close. So that was way more, uh, in, in his generation and of y'all's generation than it was of mine. And I thought Power Rangers was the dumbest thing on the planet. So, uh, that movie, yeah, really has some some Power Ranger vibes. Uh, yeah, but I do. I think was that, aware that, I was I, watching a B movie on both of those, sure. even as a kid. But I, I liked. I didn't like the Power Rangers one. I think I'd outgrown it by the time the movie came out. Mm. And then this one, I was like, this is a. I didn't know the term B movie, but I was like, this is not sure. the same as you know Independence Day. But you know, it's got a few quips. I like. I like Mowgli's in it. Let's roll, baby. Sure. Yeah. Mowgli. Oh gosh, he was Mowgli, wasn't he? 
Robin Shu. Show? Show? I don't know. Well, you know, yeah. uh, all that to say, I think our definition of prime for reboot is, yeah, is a movie. That, I was going to say that this is this is a smart reboot idea because I'm always for especially movies from the set from the from the 80s and 90s. Find the bad ones, you know, find the bad ones that yeah. have that have a, a, a decent premise. Let's let's remake those movies. Let's let's leave actually good movies alone. Yeah. Um, so th- this is I, I told I'm totally with you. Ken. This is a perfect movie uh, to reboot. I think that's a smart decision. Yeah, I think they that in my definition would be bad movies that still have intellectual property value. Yeah. And especially way, in this some way, fan with, base um, somewhere that 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 if there was a good version exist could make some decent money, and that's what happened this weekend. Yeah, go ahead, Richard. Especially with that horror movie kind of background that they did with it, this one, right? With the kind of the James Wan bruising and the like, no yeah. one you've ever heard of in it. That budget that's that's been proven now so many times over the last ten years that this is like the most profitable kind of movie, other than you know if you get an Avengers. So. Let's take that and kind of amp up some of the the scare, and you know, make it a fun action movie, and or yeah. you know, what they tend to be a fun action movie, and go from there. So there you go. Um, let's get into this, guys. Let's get into twenty twenty one Mortal Kombat. So I didn't have a lot of expectation um, for this, other than you know the trailer, I guess, Brian, that we saw when we went and saw Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, that was mm-hmm. maybe the only yeah. trailer I'd, I'd really seen for this. Mm-hmm. And so didn't really look into like which characters were going to be in the movie, what the premise was going to be. All I really saw was like, oh, Sub-Zero looks awesome. So I'm in. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see where we go from there. And so I kind of went into this with a, I don't know, a very open mind in terms of just I had no idea what the movie was going to be other than it was a Mortal Kombat movie. No, no idea if they were re- just playing up remaking uh the the original plot and everything like a very you know force awakensy kind of way and we can get into whether you think they did that or not but um yeah this is a different one this is a different one uh, they start off with i don't know some 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 backstory with with sub zero and and scorpion which was a lot of exposition yeah yeah which which um kind of like greek god type stuff right sure. i mean that opening sequence <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, I was so in <laughs> after that opening thing. I was like, D- okay, as long as we get, I don't know, two more moments like this, I'm, I think I'll be good. I, you, know, you know, like these pre-visualized tentpole kind of action moments that you kind of want from these characters. I thought that was a great open, cool way to to set up the, the universe. You don't know who the baby is. Um, uh, we'll talk about what I thought was going to happen with that. Um, but I thought it was a cool way to kind of plant some story seeds there. And, Oh, here's some characters we like and a really cool fight and kind of set the tone and then show us the title card in world combat. Uh, so, so yeah. What'd you think about that opening, uh, opening sequence? Bigo. That was a good opener. Um, I'm not sure totally, to be honest, what I expected from this. I, I liked that trailer. Um, I thought this was a good idea. Um, Again, it's like I, I don't know. I I don't know. You you said I don't know who's going to be in this. Like which characters are going to be. In. I know Sub Zero and Scorpion and Raiden. That's kind of where my. I mean, I guess I guess uh, Johnny Cage, but that's kind of where my my real knowledge of of this stuff ends. But it looked really cool, so I was excited for that. But coming in, um, that was a lot of uh, was a lot of heavy exposition through the course of that, I, and I was. I was sort of with it. I was sort of with it, but I, I thought the action set pieces were really cool in that uh, in that opener. And I thought, well, this this should lead uh, this should kind of lead us to where we're going from here, and we'll have a lot mm-hmm. of this. Um, and that, in 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 some ways, maybe that was a, a bad idea to have that open because it it kind of set the tone for we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of fighting in this Mortal Kombat movie, and then that did not happen just a whole lot. So yeah. it was uh, <laughs> not it was nearly as much as. And not nearly as much as the original, which is yeah. all all the original yeah. one is is just fight sure. fighting, and and I think sure. they made sure. they made a big a big choice here in terms of how they kind of went about I don't know shooting different fights, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. But but I agree with you that that was a high bar to set at the <laughs> at the outset of the the first five minutes or so of the movie. 
Um, so that was cool. Then we get introduced to this MMA uh, character, Sick. Cole. So I don't know if this was a character from the original Mortal Kombat or not. I know he's not in the original movie. So that's what I'm going off of as, as official canon is the first movie Mortal Kombat. So he was not in that. I assume he's in another game or so. They didn't just bring this guy into a movie out of nowhere. But but it was not Johnny Cage as the main kind of uh, protagonist character that we're kind of following throughout the movie. The original one, it's Sonya Blade, Liu Kang, and, and Johnny Cage. And they kind of get recruited to go fight in this Mortal Kombat tournament and have to deal with all these crazy aliens and sub-zero and and all that kind of stuff so the human character in this is a is a ufc fighter so i guess they're bringing it into 2021 somehow but they didn't go too much into that honestly they show him at the beginning but it wasn't like i don't know every 10 minutes it was like cole remember the octagon remember your train you know like where they're just reinforcing that this guy's a sick ufc fighter the whole time like that's just kind of like a, a thing at the beginning and I liked when Joe it. Rogan came in and started commentating his fights, though, towards the end. When he, when he started talking about um, Bigfoot, uh, though, it was... <laughs> yeah, that was. Kind of took a tangent. Right, yeah, yeah, the movie was 16 hours long. We forgot right. to mention that. That that little side bit took him. And then some, like, nootropic, like, yeah. seeing mushroom-based the, um, vitamins. Yeah, but seeing Goro right on DMT was, was cool, awesome. though. We seeing Goro on that, DMT. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I am I'm really... Hallucinating Goro. I looked down I and just I had so eight much arms. DMT. <laughs> I just got out of a freaking isolation tank. <laughs> uh, all right. That's enough. Well, yeah, so we've got MMA dude as as our main dude. We still got Sonya Blade, mm-hmm. though. As our uh, she's just, just as bad. Mad as yeah, she's, uh, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that maybe the going with the no names thing is probably. Oof, oof, man. It's under. It's an understandable strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horror movie model, but but they could have thrown a Patrick Wilson at us or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. those do. You're always like, oh, okay. Right. A bunch of people I've never heard of, and Patrick Wilson and a ghost. <laughs> All right, I'm in. So Sonya Blade is, you know, special ops, and and it just. It it kind of goes back to the thing from the original movie is like she's just a a, a woman who is awesome at her at what she does. She has no real reason to be fighting in Mortal Kombat. She's trying to force her way into the tournament or whatever. And so yeah, her and Jax. The, the the way yeah the the way they do it here or Kano the way they do it here oh yeah pardon me is is definitely different. In the original one, it's just like hey, I got an invite to this tournament. You want to come? <laughs> and that was it. Now they have mm-hmm. this, this, yeah. you're called from birth. Right. Thing. Yeah. You were born into this. Yeah. You're born, you're chosen. And I honestly yeah. kind of like that you're chosen. Same here. Same here. Thing, yeah. Rather than just funny. like, I mean, literally in 95, a dude walks up to Johnny Cage on set and it's like, hey, man. Yeah. You're a rich you movie star. In, yeah. Heard you, you might be into to this death. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and hands him like literally an antique scroll from like uh-huh. antiquity. Tom Cruise would definitely be in though. Oh, for sure, he'd win too. <laughs> yeah. Just just to make us happy. Yeah. No, the I miss the OG, hands down. I miss the OG Kano that did his whole performance while eating a roasted chicken. Though that Kano was better. <laughs> that weird accent. I don't know. I'm pretty sure if you if you grease all over his face, Cruise, that guy ruled. Would, yeah, he would be all in on defending the universe in a Mortal Kombat. Style oh, tournament. absolutely. He would, he would definitely do that. Well. Yeah, so that, so that was different, but I, I think I liked the birthmark thing, and and kind of a MacGuffin that they work into the movie is that once you die, whoever kills you gets the birthmark, which I thought made for some interesting tension. Yeah, for especially sure. with Sonya, where she's trying to get a, get um, access to this tournament, and so she's fighting with Kano, and there's this uh, there's this uh, pressure and, and angst between them, and it makes for some good fun moments. Uh, the Kano character, I just don't. I, I hated him in '95. I don't like him here. And here, they're, they're like, okay, let's just do Conor McGregor. You're Conor McGregor. Go. And that's the that was the character. No roasted chicken, though. Again, mm-hmm. that was a better. Big letdown. Mm-hmm. Big letdown there. Yeah. Look at this Goro guy. Can't even read. <laughs> I um definitely didn't didn't like. Uh, I don't know. Almost all the characters in the movie felt just as badly developed as the original as the original Mortal yeah. Kombat. Like I I don't I didn't really love any of the characters except for 
honestly, Scorpion was my favorite character in this in this movie, sure. and we'll go there later. But uh, yeah, well, he's a real actor, so that helps. Well, yeah, and the just the way they did the story of him, yeah, and I, I, had stakes. I yeah, I think that's my biggest deal with this is like. I mean, I liked I we, two weeks ago. I, I got done talking about how much I liked Lizard v Monkey, you know. So that was that was a lot of fun. This one to me, I think the biggest issue is is there's a there's a lack of identity or understanding of identity because you have a lot of. It seemed like this was supposed to be like sort of an elevated, more intellectual, more developed uh, Mortal Kombat, which I thought was fine. I thought that was a good idea. Uh, to, if you can pull it off well. And they spend a lot of time with the exposition and, and I'm with you, Ken. I thought the, the concept of like, you're born into this and you can, you, you can inherit the tattoo or the, the brand, excuse me, through, through combat and stuff. I thought there were some really cool ideas with that. And then they pair that with some of the worst actors that you, mm-hmm. that you just have ever seen in a horrific script. With, with, I think it's bad directing more than it's bad actors. This guy who directed this movie. Yeah, had never directed anything yeah. ever in his life. I mean, he's just a stand-in for James <laughs> Bond. He's yeah. This uh, that's I'm, I mean, it's it it could not be clearer that it was like, hey, I don't have time to do this. Could you do this for me? You know, I'll I'll give you I'll give you part of my salary. I mean, that's that's how it comes across anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you're right, Kate. Like, if if there was a more if the script is better and there's a more ex- experienced hand on on the, the set to to try to get something out of out of the actors, maybe maybe that comes across better. But when it's a combination of all of those things, it's it was it was rough. It was really rough, and it just so you have these you'd have a scene where they're you know pretty heavy exposition, like explaining this very mystical. You you mentioned Richard, like sort of a Greek mythology yeah. about this. And then it cuts to, you know, the guy who plays Kano, who's just like, Oh gosh, is this, is this even a professional actor? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I thought after watching 95 that, um, at the very least, they would have learned their lesson. Sonya Blade would be better because mm-hmm. oh boy, she's just a terrible actress. And then, uh, Jessica McNamee, God bless her. Not not uh, not much better. And and it wasn't just that. But, all, it, it but also it like carried over. What up? At the same time. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, just there's this sort of identity cri- identity crisis that that for me at least that takes place through the course of the movie, and it kind of left me in a place where I was like, if I was a real fan of uh this property and had nostalgia for it maybe i could enjoy it more but without that i just i don't know what to do with it because it it really misses the mark from a a consistency and stability standpoint i don't know i mean i'm fine with i I, like i said i love i liked uh godzilla v V kong obviously we love like the fast movies all that sort of stuff so i'm fine with this this very stupid let's just have fun but then when you pair that with, but we're taking it very seriously, it's just, it's just kind of, for me at least, it was kind of hard to get into and, and find any sort of consistency with. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that totally, man. Um, I thought some of the character design was, was pretty fun, honestly. You know, it felt like kind of updated Christopher Nolan kind of way where like, let's make these, let's update these people and give them special abilities, but without like, going full Joel Schumacher Bane with like the costumes, you know? <laughs> so that felt good, like a good change and update from, from 95. Uh, Luke Kang shows up later and he actually can have the fire this time in some kind of effective way. And so he wasn't as main of a character as he was in the original. I love mm-hmm. Luke Kang. I thought he should have been more involved in this. Um, so that's a bit of a disappointment. The Kano dinner scene where he kind of Ugh. discovers his Oof. his laser sight. He's like, Oof. "I got lasers. That's better than fire." Yeah, <laughs> that whole thing was was pretty rough. That's, that's actually you sounded better than he did. That was very, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. He's Sorry. Australian, right? Doing like an Irish. It's right. a weird. Yeah, right. that's right. rough. Just go Australian. That's fine. You yeah, just have no one that. cares. No one yeah. cares. But that was also the scene where you get the he sounded the like Moira that, at times, right? <laughs> where you get dialogue where where they say to him, you know, they're trying to get him amped up so he'll get laser eyes, and and they say, "You're like a dog 
but a dog who's not well trained. It was just, it's very like Ben Stiller and dodgeball kind right. of like you just, uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. I mean, it was, it was mm-hmm. awful. And there was like four or five lines in a row that, that felt like it had that level of attention on dialogue. Just real tough, real tough in those moments for sure. The Kang versus Kano fight. There was some bad editing in that man. I actually went back and rewound it three times <laughs> Wow. To actually see what was so wrong, because there's a shot of Liu Kang. It's like a straight on shot of Liu Kang. And then they need to transition to another shot of Liu Kang shooting fire, but they don't have like another shot. They can't do a jump cut. So they have to sh- <laughs> they have to cut straight to uh, Kano like on the ground. But they only cut to Kano for, I'm not kidding you, 0.14 seconds. <laughs> like, like not even enough for your eye to register what it is. And right, I was like, did they right. just like accidentally leave a few frames in there? And so I went back, and the reason they did it is because they had two scenes of Luke Kang they had to stitch together, and they couldn't just put That's two scenes so funny. next to each other. So they just threw a shot of of Kano right between them. But it so jarred my eyes that I had to go back and and rewind and fight, figure out that. But that was like in the big scene where they they first get to the temple and they're fighting in the sand and and uh, that whole thing. So go back and watch that uh, for some bad not what not to do editing <laughs> advice. Yeah. All right. We find out later that Cole's related to Hanzo. So mm-hmm. here's what I thought, guys. I wept in the theater. Spoiler alert coming up now for, for MK21. What if Richard went to the theater to see yeah. this? By himself. Yeah. Rented it out, 99 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just to go by himself. Well, here's what I thought it was going to be. And I think maybe this would have been better. I don't know if this would have betrayed Mortal Kombat canon or whatever. If Cole ended up being Scorpion. Right. Mm-hmm. And like take on the legacy of his father or or whatever. Like that's what I thought where I thought they were going, where like they're like, You're Hanzo's family. And he and once he realizes that, he like basically assumes the identity of Scorpion and finds his quote unquote power or whatever they whatever term they have it for it in the in the movie is, where you find your ability. And uh that's not what happened. Instead, Scorpion comes back. And he has one of the best one-liners in the history of, of action movies. He Scorpion comes, comes back alive, and he says to Sub-Zero, I have risen from hell to kill you. <laughs> That's one of the better. And then the Mortal Kombat theme just, dun, 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 dun. I was like, okay, yeah. Then now <laughs> we're on. Again. Like, this, is, this is why I freaking signed up for this, you know? Like, that, that was great. Yeah. Um, another, another cool moment. Or, or uh, two was Goro, like being at Cole's farmhouse and that whole fight scene. I thought was pretty fun, and, and then the uh, the Kang Lao, um, saw blade kill. Kang Lao is that thing. That oh my god! Up. I jumped out of my seat when that happened, yeah. and literally like said, "Oh my!" That was one of the most insane kills I've ever seen in a movie. Maybe the most insane one ever. And I don't know, he said fatality or I think he said flawless victory or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they throw those lines in there. I kind of like those, man. Those are, those are fun. Yeah. Um, if they can work, you th- work ways in, to use them. What would you think about when MacGruber came in and started ripping throats in terms God, of death? I would, I would honestly pay. It's oh, awesome. I would take out a loan of 100K and say, <laughs> here, I'm giving this towards the budget of the movie if you can work MacGruber yeah. into one scene <laughs> where he rips a throat. Movies, man. Instead God, of Johnny Cage, just MacGruber. Yes. Do y'all remember on, this is a total side note, but do y'all remember on 30 Rock when, I think it's like season two where, where Jack's um, big idea of the summer is to insert Seinfeld into yes. everything? Seinfeld Vision. Yeah, Seinfeld Vision. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want NBC to do with McGruber right before that series comes out. Mm-hmm. I want to... I want to be uh, like watching uh, Nick at Night, you know, yeah. as as I'm going to sleep, and then suddenly McGruber is is on the couch, rips Dick Dick and Dick Van Dyke's throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that would be a great bit. That'd be deal great. or no deal. Yeah, get on that peacock. Let's make that happen. That's uh, anyway. We need sorry. some. Well, they did some great. Like McGruber literally competed in in WWE last time they did a press tour. Yeah. So I think there'll be some fun, some fun yeah. stuff, hopefully for MacGruber yeah. this time around. Well, yeah, man, that saw blade kill was, was pretty awesome. My least favorite character, probably the whole movie was Jax, but the robot arm yeah. thing. Not, it's not like, great. dude, if you could just imagine, 
robot arms. Like, remember, like he comes with his ability and yeah. he imagines robot arms and they, so it was like, are you meaning to tell me if Sub-Zero had never frozen off your arms that you were still going to grow robot arms? <laughs> but that's what I don't understand. The yeah, prophecy has the been character. fulfilled. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was very odd how the logic of that, they tried to make that work, yeah, but didn't work. Didn't work super well. Um, Cabal was a cool character. What did you think of him, Brian? Which I thought that was a cool character that? design. He was like the uh, the villain dude with like the the Boba Fett mask kind of oh, thing going on. Yeah, yeah. He was he cool design. Yeah, he was one of the leaders in the clubhouse on just cringe dialogue. For yeah, me. yes. Just pretty much everything he said, I was like, oh gosh, what's happening? The whole uh, the whole um, Sung Sao. Uh, uh, I think that's the uh, the villain dude. His whole reader, reader repulsa, the whole reader repulsa gang of the, yeah. the villains was, yeah. and I think there's literally a scene that reminded me of Power Rangers where Rita Repulsa's got Goldar and mm-hmm. all her little people around. Sure. Like I think it's like a shot for, for shot sure. remake of that in this movie, which is which is always fun. Hey, second Power Rangers reference uh, of, the, uh, of the episode. But that's um, what you want, right? That's what you want. Yeah, that's, that's what not you want. our usual VR. If you're going for ninety five. I guess it could be worse. I guess it could be worse. Normally um, go big thing. bad Beetleborgs, but we'll mix it up. <laughs> one more thing I, I want to touch on here before we wrap it up, hit weekly recommends, guys, is is Johnny Cage. And I guess they're planning on I think they said this weekend, I think they said they have four sequels greenlit already or wow. working on or something to this already. And so mm-hmm. I think going into this, they said, Okay, we at least we know we're gonna do another or we're gonna do two. So yeah. Because we know this is going to make at least twenty million or yeah, great budget on this. Really smart budget. It did it did pretty well. I think it's already made over fifty million uh, worldwide um, and over the weekend. So so that was nice. But but yeah. So obviously the plan here is in Mortal Kombat two for Johnny Cage to be a a big part of that. And so this movie ends. Cole says, "I'm going to Hollywood. What are you going to Hollywood for?" Not what, who, and then they show a Johnny Cage movie poster. So the question totally makes sense. Like, I mean, it's fine. I, I kind of liked it. I was kind of like, all right, let's go. But, and then when it cut off right there, I was like, oh, that's kind of dope. I thought they were actually going to have another scene where he goes and meets him. And then who would it. you want? To, who do you want to play Johnny Cage? That's what I'm. That's what I was going to ask. Let's, let's let's go. I think the Patrick number Wilson, one. I told you. Guys. <laughs> I think the I num- Jason Patrick, but Patrick Wilson's fine. I, I can- I think the number one um, for the studio would be Cena, right? Yeah. Like, he'd probably be the best in terms of, like, being able to play a Hollywood actor who is super arrogant and thinks he's... Yeah, and could do the basically kind of comedy Claude of Bandit. that character. Yeah, do the comedy yeah. of that character, but also, I don't know. Johnny, he's not very, like, martial artsy, though. I don't yeah. think you might need someone that's more martial artsy than John well, Cena. I mean... But. To be fair, he might be doing a lot of martial arts. You can't see him. So yeah, it, there's no he way. He may be a freaking master. Can't we? Don't, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But I, from a visual Sorry. standpoint, I I agree. It's it's it'd be very difficult for him to pull that off. I think they Usually. they their plan is is has to be to get a big name star for that, right? But like the next than, one, somebody's bigger than be anyone. Johnny in this. Cage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. Unless yeah. they bring back the original Johnny Cage. <laughs> yeah, they got that guy. <laughs> Again, the greatest line. Can't, can't wait to see what the bathrooms look like. The best Johnny Cage line. <laughs> yeah. When he sees the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Well, yeah. I so, like that it's so Goro was. Oh, man. I would go. I mean, Keanu would be cool. I mean, if you're going with the John oh, Wick man. thing. That'd be fun. Okay. Now we're talking. Because he's he's got the martial arts stuff, and he knows kung fu. That would be awesome, yeah. but that would be a, that would be awesome. That would be great. If if Statham could do any other accent, that'd be and, and wear a wig, <laughs> that'd be cool. But that's above his pay grade, I think. Sure. So, but Statham in this would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I got Jean Claude Van Damme straight up, the inspiration for uh, for Johnny Cage. He's too old. Yeah, people will be. People would enjoy that. I don't think I would enjoy that, but that's okay. This this movie series, this this cinematic universe, I don't think is made for me. So you know, you don't you don't have to. Uh, 
I heard Just Duff McKagan's a huge fan of this. Oh, really? So, mm, well, <laughs> Duffy. Maybe Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah I just signed up. For, Duffy, I signed up for Mortal Kombat. I heard you played the arcade in your old jam room at your house in Glendale. All right, let's play. Who would be the worst, Johnny Cage? Johnny Johnny Depp. Yeah, Kevin James. <laughs> Kevin James. Yeah. Kevin James. Then it's just he that here comes the boom. Recently. Yeah, I was gonna say he's MMA trained. Um, that's a rough one. Yeah, <laughs> he's too busy playing Sean Payton, so can't. Yeah. Get ready for his Oscar campaign as Sean Payton. Well, still think about how there we go. Sean Payton must be about that. Just, yeah, it's a great bit. Uh, Pat Oswald is playing Greg Williams though. <laughs> All right, I'm ready Pat to grade this out. Johnny Cage would be pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, could, that'd be pretty bad. Try that. All right, let's grade her. Go ahead, Brian. Um, I thought that uh, I thought that that Joe Taslim was really good. And his scenes were fun, and I wish that Sub Zero had been in the movie more. And and if if they are able to make uh, the second one, and it's way more about Sub Zero and Scorpion, um, I will enjoy that quite a bit. I th- th- I was kind of cruising along on this is somewhere between an F and a D before the last twenty minutes. The last twenty minutes sort of I almost say redeemed it, but made it. Um, a little more palatable for me because the, the the last fight sequence was kind of what I thought this whole movie was going to be and uh, and delivered on that front. So I will give it I will give it a very generous C minus. So um, yeah. So, so I, something else they did that was bad editing and I think contributes to that. Brian is in the first one they're like, all right, here's a fight between Sonya Blade and Goro, and then you watch that fight. Mm-hmm. And the next, okay, here's Liu Kang versus Johnny Cage. You watch that fight or whatever it is. And this yeah. one, they would have like those those one-on-one battles, but they were all happening simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were just cutting between fights. So they would see a fight happening right. here. And then you're yeah. cutting to another fight here. And you're cutting to another fight here. And, and if you don't have... Fight here. It's like they were all have happening Mortal, at once. And if you don't have Mortal Kombat League Pass, you don't get all those. Yeah, you can't. It's like you, you don't want to watch one or two zone. fights. You got to right. watch them in their entirety, not on the red zone where they're just yeah. choosing what you see and when. Yeah, exactly. Romo's great on the broadcast. Yeah, you got to give him credit. He yeah. always knows when that move is coming. And yeah, calls it out. Well I think he's gonna gouge the eyes here, Jim. Oh, <laughs> oh Jim, Jim. Oh, right. gouge his eyes out, Jim. I give. I give this. I mean, it's not great. But I think this this for me is the height of guilty pleasure, stupid um, movie, you know, that I can viscerally enjoy kind of. And as long as the plot somewhat makes sense, uh, I'm in. I would watch another one of these. I'd watch as long as they get more violent, I think. They got to they gotta go like John Wick. You have to know what it is. And say, okay, we know what it did well. Let's just embrace that and do that sure. better the next time. And sure. I think yeah. that's exactly where I fell on John Wick. I was like, on the first one, go back and listen to it. I was like, does a lot of cool things. I would like to see it do more though. Um, sure. And so that's where I that's where I fall on this one. Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. B minus. Sure. Yeah. Richard? Sure. I'm with Brian. I'm going to go C minus. Well, there you go. It's Mortal Kombat. It's more uh, HBO Max. More, I, more you know, I think more the next Sub-Zero. one should just be Scorpion versus Sub Zero. Yeah, Let's just 100%. do that. Come on, that was way cool in that trial had, though in court. Yeah. V yeah. Sub Zero. <laughs> v it's like a P jar, sort of like a yeah. It's like a fence dispute, you know. Scorpion Sub Zero, Raiden, just finching for Piss Jar. I would choose P Jar if I could. As a secret character, that would be deadly. Yeah, yeah, you get that in the eyes. Fatality. Yeah, that, that rice hat's not going to protect Raiden from that. Not <laughs> at all. Yeah, I like how Raiden in this one didn't have like a straw hat either, and he had like a proper like weapon. I don't know. It felt yeah. like Raiden was much more menacing in this one. Or I miss Christopher like Lambert though. Yeah, he's great, yeah. but but it's. I don't. I don't know. This one felt much more like a godlike character than he. He was so goofy yeah. in that first one. Yeah. All right. Um, there we go. That's Mortal Kombat, and it's out. Uh, I guess now in theaters, HBO, all that, all that stuff. So enjoy that one over the next 
few weeks, months. Uh, guys, let's get to weekly recommends here, shall we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Weekly recommends. Uh, Richard, kick it off. Yeah, I've got a uh, a book here I've been reading. As Brian knows, and I've, I think I've thought to you about it, I've been doing a big uh, soccer deep dive over the last few months, getting myself up to up to speed on everything. I'd kind of been had it circled around for years, and uh, finally dove all in the last few months on on uh, European soccer. And so uh, this book has helped me a lot. It's also just a great book about the business of the Premier League, and it's called The Club. Um, and how the English Premier League kind of came to prominence. And then also, you know, and it's super fitting right now with the Super League stuff that happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a very similar kind of story, except this one was successful uh, in the early 90s. But And then also kind of a, a history of the Premier League from 1991 to 2018 or whenever when this book was written. But yeah, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. And uh, one of the best books I've read in the last year or so and, and really helped me like kind of really get my brain around everything. And I, I'm... I'm I'm fluent now, and now I'm I'm all in. So it's now my my thing. So, so I've kind of been circling it for years, as Brian knows, and now I can actually kind of get there on a pretty deep level. So that's who's your that's who's your club? Who's your club? I go Fulham FC, but mm. they're not going to be in the Premier League much longer. Uh, as about a, to get they're about to get relegated, so I'm I'm probably in the market on uh, on uh, a Premier League squad next year. I just kind of root, but I just kind of watch it all. And then the Champions League, I've been watching all that. I've even gone into like Serie A and Bundesliga and stuff. It's been a weird quarantine guy or pandemic, guys, you know? <laughs> Once you get into it, it's such a soothing sport. Yeah, it is. Sport. I mean, I, I, I can watch... Uh, great podcast I, sport, too. A lot of yeah, great podcasts out there. That's for sure, too, yeah. Uh, I got really into EPL after around the 2014... I played soccer growing up and stuff, and I always... I uh, always enjoyed it. Same appreciation yeah, yeah. for it and stuff, but uh, but I was mostly a World Cup viewer and stuff. So I think it was the four, the 2014 World Cup where I was like, okay, I love this. Let's just keep the vibes going and um, and really really dug into it. And now I watch basketball more than anything. Like I I watch think about basketball more than anything else in, at at all. Like regardless anything else, my son <laughs> comes second to basketball. Right, everything obviously. Um, Obviously, but your uh, more important son plays basketball. So that's right. That's right. I wish he'd beat the freaking Kings tonight. That'd right. be great. But, uh, but yeah, no, like, but soccer, EPL especially now is the by far the se- the thing I care second yeah. most about. You, you know, I don't watch. I don't watch a ton of. I don't watch a ton of NFL or or college football anymore. I don't give a rip about baseball at all. But man, I can watch. Pre- I'm with you. It's like now that I that you get really into it, Richard. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I can. I mean, sure, whatever. MLS, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I can watch it. I went I to the MLS home hour. opener here in town. I've got. I mean, yeah. I'm all in. I'm in deep. Yeah, it's it's a blast. It's it's a really fun sport to watch to get into. So, that's my next read, Richard. Yeah, you're gonna I'm love that you. book, man. Oh it's an awesome book. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm with you. I I I worked in MLS 20, 2012. It's it's it was a really fun. It's a really fun culture. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's sad. I mean, Dallas. It's so small. The culture is. Yeah, I mean, it sucks we don't live in in, in like Portland or something or Seattle, which is or, funny because you know. we have such a crazy academy team. For, oh, I mean, FC Dallas, like, Dallas has yeah. been you know a, like a half good of team the USA team, like half of part. Team USA came up through that program. It's crazy. It's just, I mean, it's just we have got too much to care about here. Yeah, it's, totally. It's, they're they're in fifth place in terms of our list yeah. of priorities. Yeah. It sucks Bu- building that stadium in Frisco, and that killed it too. Yeah. You're just you're too far away from everybody, and it just. It's a great stadium, it's a really though. Good. It's a great stadium. Yeah, it's really it, cool. it, it it was like they built it so far north of Dallas, and they were like, "Well, by X X year, it's gonna be this is where everyone's gonna live," and that still hasn't really happened yet. I mean, it's it's populated out there, but it's like it's not the center of of right of civilization. It's still like the outskirts, so sure. uh, that's sure. kind of where they lie. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't follow EPL nearly as much, mainly because it requires like weird hours of the day um and and it's hard for me to pay attention when it's overseas all the time you're a and, palace you know, fan of, right kent say what isn't that your, isn't that your club aren't you a palace fan or no you, who's your uh, okay. i i i uh if i root for anybody it's always been chelsea um okay that's been my okay. team like going back to my band days um so cool. nice. so yeah um that I love the the EPL, but I, I'm with you. I love the World Cup and international play way more than than anything. I think you know, 
watching Euros Brazil. Euros this summer and, are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think. Uh, they are. Since everybody kind of took yeah. last summer off and stuff, and it's it's very uh, it sh- it should be pretty should be pretty competitive this summer the euro the euro stuff i'm 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 looking forward to that yeah. almost as much as i am the the last month of uh of EPL season and champions and all that sort of stuff i think i think that would be a good champions summer. league final four is sick it's going to be yeah. awesome yeah good times good times well that's a good that's a good recommend i'll have to check that one out yeah uh, i think you'd like sure. it um well i'm going to recommend something sports related and video game related uh guys um i saw this documentary uh, a week or two ago and i was really excited to see it because i was hoping they were making a documentary kind of along these lines it's called pretending i'm a superman and it's about the tony hawk video games um Hmm. from the 1990s tony hawk's pro skater tony hawk's pro skater 2 and that what that kind of spawned for tony hawk Mm -hmm. his empire and just skate culture in general how much that helped skate culture break into the mainstream. And, you know, my friends and I skating back in the day, it was like we would listen to punk rock and have our, our, our parents drive us an hour away to the only skate park, which was in Kennedale, Texas. And like wow. that, it was a very small, like seg- segregated thing. And, but now, you know, fast forward five years when the, uh, when the, video game came out like they built a skate park at at their local mall you know like it became so mainstream that there's such a demand for the i don't know the culture of skateboarding to be embraced by i guess the entire culture of kids and sports and all that and that was a huge part of it was was the video game and this is a cool really cool documentary tony hawk talks about working with the team and how so many companies had approached him to make a video game but um, he didn't think they could do it right until Midway, I think, it, or Activision approached him and showed him there. It was really all about him, the mechanic of the gameplay, you know, because so many people were trying to do skateboarding, but it wasn't fun. You know, it was too hard or it discouraged people to go pick up a skateboard and things like that. So he's really like kind of the the visionary behind the entire thing, which I never really knew. I, I thought they just kind of threw his name on it, but like he literally walked them through okay, these are the tricks. These are how you do the tricks. There's no such thing as this trick. So take it out of the game, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and um, he handpicked all the skateboarders that were in the game. And uh, something else big that they talked about is like all those skateboarders were like, yeah, I'll do it. But then like you weren't relevant in skateboarding unless you were on that game after that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it was crazy. And how many bands got huge off, off that game too? was a big thing because you had never heard like actual music in a game before you'd hear like, you know, the Mario theme or whatever, but it was never like a song you could go buy at the record store. And they had John talking to John Feldman from Goldfinger about how big they got because of that song, Superman being on Tony Hawk, you know, it's just like completely changed their band forever. And that's, that's just a crazy thing. And that might be one of my favorite games ever, if not my favorite, man, I love that, love that original game. And, Really cool, fun documentary with American Treasure, Tony Hawk throughout. So check that out. Uh, came out last year, 2020. Very nice. Very nice. I saw that pop up on your, your, uh, my streaming, your Plex yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 you'll I enjoy it a lot. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah like I'm looking the, forward to watching Just the that. stuff, like the background of how they made the game is really fascinating because again, I mean, they're trying to do this for a while. And the only, I think there was an arcade game where you could like ride a skateboard back in the day and they were trying to replicate yeah, that was, for like in 64 there was an x games game too on playstation i think mm-hmm. uh, the first playstation that was like but you could only like race down hills you know you couldn't really do i think they said that the tony yet. hawk series like one of the games was i think for 10 years in a row it was in the top five video games so wow something like that like one of the iterations of the game like that's an amazing thing for skateboarding to be that big um for everybody. So that that's really yeah. cool and, and a great nostalgia trip um, for 90s kids. What's your uh, recommend, Brian? Mm-hmm. And then we'll get out of here. I'm going to recommend a podcast, uh, which I just became aware of. I didn't know that there were, there were other podcasts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's a podcast. Yeah, it turns out there's like maybe millions. It's, it's pretty crazy. Mm. It's pretty crazy. I'll send you guys some links. Um, 
They're all pretty dirty, just letting you know. But uh, no, there, <laughs> oh, there's, please a, there's a new one. I know you'll be you'll you'll love this. Yeah, please send. Uh, no, there, there's a uh, there's a new podcast that's uh, started, I believe, last week. Maybe it's it's two weeks old. I haven't listened to the second episode yet. I think the third one drops tomorrow. Uh, so I've been kind of waiting for for another one. It's called "Stay Away from Matthew McGill." It is a, I guess it's sort of an investigative podcast. the The gist of it is it's been it's been like five years in the making. The gist of it is this uh, journalist, I believe his name is Eric Manel, um, came into possession of a box of. This person who had just died, his just sort of his life uh, archives, essentially. And so letters and uh, financial documents and things like that. And this guy, Matthew McGill, was a sort of the town crazy, I guess, and just had all these crazy tales, was a really grumpy dude that nobody liked to uh, to deal with. And there were just uh, tons of stories that, that were going around about his life. And he was very, he was very willing to tell you these outlandish stories about where he came from and who he was and why he it was the way that he was and nobody believed him. And, um, but just kind of that classic small town, almost, uh, like urban legend, essentially. Like he's just this, this guy that everyone knows who he is and everybody has a different tale about him and whatnot. Anyway, when he died, the people that he was living with, uh, when, when he died, they handed off this box to this guy, Eric Manel, and he started digging through it and come to find out a lot of this stuff that he, these just totally crazy outlandish tales, uh, ranging from like, I used to be a male model in my teens to like, I was a part of a, a heist crew, uh, all this sort of kind stuff. Kind of a Frank Abagnale kind of a thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, I was trying to, th- I had a good analogy and then I kind of lost it as I was, talking. but regardless, it's just a really, it turns out that all this stuff is, is true. And so each, each episode of this is, is this, this, uh, journalist going through and trying to trace back uh, a life that has been that there's no there's no real um ties to him he doesn't have any at least at this point he doesn't have any family he doesn't have friends he doesn't have anything to um put him together except for this just box of of stuff and so this guy is trying to essentially piece his life together uh through his letters and and just whatever clues and details that he can find it and uh anyway it's it it's a it's really well produced it's really well put together it's it's just a very engrossing uh story and it clearly like i said it took 5 years for this guy to put this thing together and it is very clear that he became completely obsessed with the sort of the mystery box element of it and it's uh, it's it's addicting. So I think it's the it it's it, they did the thing that um that spy series did last year. Now that I I can't remember what that one was called, where you could you could listen to it all on Spotify, you know, or you could wait week by week on on not Spotify. But it's one of the the new random ones that that like Autumn or something that you can listen to the whole series if you want to, or you you can go week by week waiting with Apple podcasts or Spotify or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But, but yeah, uh, stay away from Matthew McGill. I, I think you guys would both really like it. And I know a lot of our listeners would too. It's just a, it's a really interesting start. So hopefully it, it, uh, doesn't disappoint in the, you know, the next couple of episodes, but that first episode really had me hooked. So cool. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for to the sequel. Stay away from Brian McGill. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Just setting you guys up for, for what that's going to be like. Yeah. So. I'm excited. Well, I'll check that out. Um, all all good recommends tonight, fellas. Fun fun conversation, Mortal Kombat, and uh, we'll be back next week with with more uh, movie talk here. I think I think it's that um, Mitchell's versus Machines I saw come out um, this oh, this yeah. weekend, which was is the uh, Lord Miller uh, animated yeah. kind of Spider Verse um, guys doing uh, something new. Looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll get something in on that. We've also got Falcon and Winter Soldier that just wrapped yeah. up that we can uh we can dive into that too over yeah. the next uh week or so. So uh, if you want Clancy movie too, the, with without remorse, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So um see what movies, guys. Are you sure you don't want to go you don't want to go back on Theodore Rex? <laughs> think about what we were doing this time last yeah, time. That was right. tough. Or don't don't think about it, I would say. That'd probably be better. 
We are diving into The Office Season 3. We're doing every season of The Office in our uh, on our Patreon VIP feed there. And we got Season 3 coming up this week, so it's a good one. It's a good season. It's where the, uh, the old Stanford people come into the fold. So if you like The Office and you want to want to dive into our retrospective we've got an episode on each season this year we've got season three and and the rest coming up this year so madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip to get you bonus episodes get you our discord access some video episodes all of our you know radio hits that we do all kinds of bonus fun stuff so check that out yeah madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip but thanks for listening and until next time we'll see you soon at the cinema goodbye Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those Tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Silence and scramble They're calling again.